can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really gotta stream it. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I'm your host, Brandon Greenhouse, along with my lovely co-host, Jane Jessica Hammer. And uh, we're here once again. Uh, Jane, how are you doing today? You know what? I'm going to stop you right there. Before we get into how Jane's doing, I want to let everybody out there know who's mm. been sending me um, hard mail, just like actual paper mail. I've been getting a lot of uh, fan requests. Um, they want to know where we are. They want to know what we're doing. You guys missed mm. us at the Chicago Barbecue Fest last week. Um, <laughs> we're going to be doing um, that. Event. Was actually just me at me and Tara at Brandon and Dave's apartment eating a lot of barbecue. You did some. You did some busking, didn't you? Some buskering out there. I did. I did not make much money. Couple of couple of um, couple of queer classics, right? You did some Indigo Girls. What do I, y'all y'all call the Indigo Girls? <laughs> closer Indo- to okay. Whoa, closer to girls. okay. Okay, um, but yeah, if you want to keep tabs on us, you can find us um, on our Instagram. You can find us on our Facebook. Where? Where on Instagram? Where on Facebook? I'm sure you're asking yourselves at movies we missed. That's where you're gonna find us. We're there. You can find us tweedly leading away over on um, Elon Musk's uh, Twitter. Sort of in limbo right now, but it's looking like you know that's still maybe a possibility if litigation works out. You can find us over there um, at mwm chat. Um, and we'll be chat chat chatting away about all sorts of hot topic issues. Jane's mm. really in charge of that, as you'll see when you look at it. Um, mm-hmm. It screams Jane. Um, there's nothing going on. But you know what, guys? We can change that. You know, let's get you involved in some of the conversations. We've got all we've got more followers than Selena Gomez on Twitter. Um, so, so yeah, so feel free to start a conversation with us. We'll fire back instantly. Uh, well, that sounds aggressive. It's not gonna. We don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds like fucker like, find well, out energy. Like <laughs> it can be, pl- we can be pleasant too. Um, Jane is Jane's. She's that girl, so she's feeling real spicy right now. I um, of course. I'm she came in hot with that. She said, "Yeah, go ahead and send us a message and see what fucking happens." <laughs> I actually how like, quick we respond. There must that. be. There's got to be something bubbling up inside me because I literally meant that as like a nice thing. <laughs> like hearing I mean, it back, I was like. Oh, that that was aggressive energy that I came at our listeners with. And it was like, I want to talk to you. But what it came was like, yeah, fucking try to try to reach out to me. See what happens. Try to reach out to me. Come at me (laughs) fucking sideways and watch me fucking unhinge my jaw and rip your fucking face off. Watch that shit. Swallow guys on the Internet. Speaking of face off. If you guys are curious about it, don't be too shy to go ahead and go take a listen to one of our earlier episodes where we cover it. Nikki Cage, Johnny Trav. You better believe it. You better oh, fucking believe it. Johnny Trav. I was like, at for a second, I thought you meant jo- like Johnny Travis. And I was like, I don't, he, nobody, which no. I was like, who are you talking about? John Travolta, of course, in the iconic role. I came up with it in the moment, literally, and I didn't really get a chance to road test it. So I didn't know if it was going to hold or not. I don't know mm-hmm. if the Travolta state is going to feel some type of way about it. I mean, they got other things to, to deal with if they're checking the internet to see what people are saying about their boy. Um, right. We should be pretty far down the list. There's some, there's some <laughs> we, you need to talk to. 
<laughs> we are down on the list in terms of um, his name in our mouth. And, but you know um, what's not what's not down on the list, and you know what's what? full in my mouth. What Jane Hammer? You're not down the oh. list at all. You're top top tops with me. Um, Same here, baby. <laughs> you know, as the kids say, if it's up, then it's stuck. You know, um, and that's how I'm <laughs> feeling right now. I'm stuck on you, kiddo. Um, I'm really excited this week. Uh, so we. We watched a show, speaking of iconic women, speaking of trailblazers, we watched a show uh, this weekend um, mm. called uh, Le Swan. Um, mm. It was a show from the early aughts. Uh, Jane was frothing at the mouth to get a chance to see the rest of it. I said to her, I was like, you know what? I don't know if we're going to be on the right side of history if we, you know, watch it. I- you know, this bootlegged copy um, by way of eBay. But... We we do we're documentarians and we're historians and so it's important to understand what's going on. We in history, have to the good, know the bad, where we came from, and I will say, mm, mm, and I'll take mm. this time to say it, and I'll always say it, say it and I've always say said it. it, and I will say it, and I'll say it, say it once again, say it forever and always. This okay. was Brandon's doing. Oh, not me gassing <laughs> you up to try and tear me down. I was all on board with whatever you were about to say. And then it was, oh my God, the defamation. Um, Do you know when I started saying that, I forgot what I was going to say in the middle, so I really doubled I knew down. you did, and that's why I was messing you up. <laughs> that's why I gave you the full Josh Groban, and I raised you up so that you could stand on mountains. Wow. Okay? Amazing. Amazing. Is no, that too deep of a cut? Does everybody remember that? that people one? know who Josh Groban is. If you don't, he was the sleazy boyfriend in Easy A. And he also is the voice of an angel that your aunt probably listened to on CD. Right there, right up there, not quite, not quite popping like Buble, but like up there in that. In that up tier. there. He, a lot of people auditioned for American Idol singing Raise Me Up. A oh, lot of underqualified people auditioned for me. That song used to do it for my gay ass. I'll tell you that. Really? Uh, I was never I was oh never that into it. It was we too sang it corny in choir for in me. high school and it like too it corny for me. We sang so many songs in choir that were so emotionally manipulative and like worked for me. Like of course. that's one of those songs. Uh special place in my heart. And hopefully some of the listeners out there after this episode maybe hop over on, you know, whatever your streaming device is and I mean, Josh Groban's a millionaire, I'm sure. We don't need to give him any coins. We don't have to give him anything. And also... Like, he's getting that money anyway. And us saying this on the podcast is not going to give him anything. So... Our reach. Our reach is increasing. Thanks to all of you for constantly listening. Seriously. You're seeing what's going on. You all know about our show at the Chicago you see Theater. see the, the one that we're doing live. They contacted us. They begged us. Um, mm-hmm. In an alternate universe. We said um, We said no. We said no. Because we didn't want to be responsible for the for changing the lives of however many people can fill that theater. What is it a three thousand person theater? I would exactly, say. exactly. Three thousand and twenty two seats. And and the <laughs> and the responsibility of opening people's eyes that <laughs> intensely to something new. Mm-hmm. And and life changing. I'm gonna stop I, right there to save you from what this is, <laughs> and I'm gonna let the, the Chicago theater. If you do want us, we are yeah. we're ready and we're willing. We're wide um, open and totally available and willing to do and if you whatever want you to want like, us to do. Honestly, yeah, we'll clean if, up. We'll clean up. Yeah, we will, and we'll also like. I don't mean we'll like we'll clean up in terms of selling tickets. I mean we'll clean up after the show. They to, know. 
Cut, cut. Oh, okay, oh I, I thought you meant like, oh, I, I literally <laughs> thought you meant we'll clean up our act. Like, we'll, like, oh, absolutely it, not. We won't we'll do sanitize that. it a little bit. Um, that sounds like no, too much work on my end. It does. I mean, we'll go. I'll take Jane and Charm and Charlie's. I'll vlog it. We'll find her a cute little outfit. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll do the whole thing. And we will, you know, we'll we do it for free. beliefs that aren't exactly our beliefs in order to get mm-hmm. the door as well so if there's anything you want us to push we're willing to do it absolutely um, if it's a mo- the GOP then we're it's gonna be a little dicey then that's that's sort that. of where our that's sort of where our morals hit the the the, the ground but uh, you know anything the, other than that is like we'll, we'll talk about it. it's a conversation if you for want sure. us to hawk your product that doesn't work we'll fucking do it we'll do it and does Jane have some questionable associates in her past? Absolutely. Was Jane really close friends with Rudy Giuliani's daughter? You better believe it. They went to high school. <laughs> does Rudy, does but, Rudy Giuliani even have a daughter? I feel like his daughter would be like significantly older than me and we would not be in high school. <laughs> Julie Giuliani? Julie Giuliani. That's so stupid, but it really makes me laugh. Because <laughs> it also means that a wife like signed off on it too. I know. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's make our let's make our child's name a bit. Oh my god. Okay, we got to get into the episode. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and dive right into that synopsis to get us uh get us going. <laughs> Please do. I can't wait to hear. And I realized we may have not said the name of the movie. It is The Terminator. Oh, it's oh. The Terminator. You guys know it. You clicked on the episode. You get it. Yeah, you know what it is. Don't make me feel bad. Um, <laughs> here we go. You know what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. You don't get a synopsis this week. <laughs> and that's how that works. That's the energy we're bringing. Exactly. Thank you. All right. Good no, it synopsis. took me a while to write it, so I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> We are back for the first time in 1984 as Sergeant Kyle Reese faces off with the Terminator, a cyborg with human anatomy that is determined to destroy an unassuming waitress by the name of Sarah Connor. Sarah is going about her life when she starts to notice that women in L.A. who share her name are turning up dead. She doesn't yet realize that the Terminator is exterminating these women one by one in search of her. Sergeant Kyle Reese is determined to keep Sarah alive, despite her growing confusion. Reese explains that he and the killer cyborg are from the future. A future where machines stealthily become sentient and hunt and kill the human race until all that remains of it are a dwindling few who serve under the resistance visionary and leader, John Connor. Reese is a member of this small human resistance attempting to fight the robots and save mankind in the year 2029. But he's not the only inhabitant of the future who's taken a trip back in time to find Sarah. The Terminator has also booked a ride back to the 80s, and his phasers are set to kill. Unlike Kyle Reese, he is here to destroy Miss Connor before she can give birth to the aforementioned John Connor, the one who will lead the resistance of the future and threaten a world hell-bent on machine domination. That's right. A creature from nearly four decades into the future has traveled back in time to end her life before her future son, a son she hasn't even become pregnant with yet, is born. Can Kyle save Sarah Connor from the grasp of a sentient slayer with chameleonic capabilities? Or will the Terminator's mission to seek and destroy the matriarch of a mankind-centered movement prove fruitful and threaten the resistance of the future? Tune in. Wow. There it is. <clears throat> We're back Whoop. to 1984. <laughs> That's my birth year. The year I was born. Hey! hey. We made it back there. We made it back there. Um, so for those of you who don't know, 
Tara, my wife, and also um, the fourth member of the team that works on this podcast, is obsessed with this franchise and has been trying to get me to watch this movie and all of the subsequent movies for approximately 10 years. And this is the only way I could do it. Forced by my own podcast. And it was a lot of fun. It's my first thing. The first thing that I noticed is that like, this is 100% Tara's aesthetic, like the font and like all the lasers and like, just like the very intense eighties feel is just so Tara to me. So I like immediately like felt very warmly about watching it. For sure. And it very much has that aesthetic of those movies from like the eighties. I was -hmm. looking up like just information and factoids about it. And I saw that like when, well, a couple of messy things. One was this movie is directed uh, by James Cameron, the you know legendary director. Um, mm-hmm. True Lies. We did another James Cameron joint earlier. Obviously, um, what were you going to say, Jane? I said he wrote it too, along yeah, with absolutely um, uh, Grace something. His wife, his Grace Ann Hurd. Yeah, who? Um, oh, I didn't realize it was his wife. I think at the time they were married. They're not married anymore. Oh. And, then, um, and then allegedly the affair with. Uh, Lindo Hamilton, which started on the set of this movie, was, uh, uh, you know, a big part of what ended their marriage. Ah, um, uh, okay, okay, okay. And okay, it okay, led okay. to, um, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Sharon Williams was, ooh, Sharon Williams was his, was his first wife. Uh, and, oh, yeah, and then, sorry, Gail Ann Hurd was his wife from 85 to 89. Ah, uh, okay. Co-wrote, yeah, and co-wrote this with him. Although he, like, also I was reading that apparently, like, he felt some type of way because according to him, like she wasn't actually like an active participant in the writing process. Him and additional dialogue was written by a William Wisher. And according to Cameron, at least he, he, he was upset that people, that the narrative was sort of perpetuated that like, she had done a lot of the work on like, it was her idea to create this female centered like narrative and like, all of that and he was contesting that that was actually his idea so i don't know that's just sort of like i haven't heard her take on that i've just heard his take on it who knows if that's true or not um but i will say that he met hamilton on this movie and then him and hamilton started a relationship and then got married and they were married for about 18 months and you know i had to look up that divorce settlement she got 50 mil so oh my like, god go on, go on baby girl yeah they got divorced Good in 99 so yeah um, I love a good divorce settlement when they they get a good chunk of money. Although I don't know what his net worth is, so it's like. And also, do you love? A, I will ask you this question: Do you love a good divorce settlement when the man gets the money and the woman's making more money? Oh, of course not! No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. Either. I mean, of course it depends on the scenario. It but does like, depend on the scenario, but I agree. It's like when you see like a woman getting that payday, you're always like, "You go, girl!" And when it's a exactly. man, you're just like, "Get a fucking job." It's like it's such a double standard. It's such, such a double, double standard. standard. Unless it's a gay couple, in which case I want to see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, and I hold details. no cards in that. But like, exactly. like if like if like David Burka, you know, divorces Neil Patrick Harris, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Oh God, that would never happen. I mean, never no, say never. You don't think so? Have you Maybe watched even... that uncoupled show on Netflix? I heard it's unwatchable. Multiple no. people have said that it's. I odd. keep. I keep being like, I don't want to press play on this because I just feel exhausted. The cover, the cover photo, at least on my Netflix, is a shirtless Neil Patrick Harris in a towel. And I'm just like, that's not the show I want to watch, man. I don't want to watch that. 
And the cover photo on mine is actually Sherry Shepard. <laughs> is so it really? Know, maybe. No, not at all. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, is she in that? I don't know. I was literally going to say Sherry Shepard in whiteface, but I was like, what's that? Um, <laughs> they can't all be gems, folks. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. That is the aesthetic. And there were a lot of these movies from the 80s. The thing I was going to say earlier was that I was that I was reading that apparently, like, they really wanted, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger for this movie. Originally, they wanted him for the Kyle Reese role. The I did who, see that. You saw yeah. that, and, like, James Cameron did not want that. And then, like, James Cameron was like, I'll take a lunch with him to talk to him about it. And, like, mm-hmm. he said that his plan initially was to start a fight with him. And I was like, James that's Cameron so, seems like so, such a horrifying loose cannon. Right? Like, that seems like such a messy situation. Like, I'm going to start a fight with him. And I said to Dave, I was like, and then what? Like, he was still an up-and-coming actor. And then go back to the studio that wanted him and be like, oh, we got into a fight. I don't want him. And potentially, like, ruin his future career by making him seem like this really difficult, volatile actor who, like, can't even sit down for, like, a, a casual lunch with the director. Like, you could have effectively, like, kind of, like, screwed him over largely. Before you, before you continue down this line of questioning do you think james cameron gives a fuck about anybody else besides james cameron something tells me nothing no <laughs> I, I absolutely no i do but i just think that that's like that's like so monstrous it's just like it's he's like so up and coming like like the only thing you knew about him is you didn't want him for this movie initially right and it's and just like i'm gonna i'm gonna make this you could have taken gonna... you could have taken that meeting and been honest with him and been like i'm not you i don't feel like you're right for the part yeah. and then like he could have had a moment where he tried to sell himself you know what i mean or whatever yeah, yeah. Or tried to win you over but at least you're being honest and you're not like starting a fight with this so like fucking weird like what no, a like, what a mess and we and we know we always like oh men don't love the drama yeah they do and it's the like these bitches there are i know it's so and they're crazy. always listening in pay attention um <laughs> but like i just mean like when the girls are having the arguments straight men are always they catch all that tea when their wives come home and tell them about those fights you better believe those ears perk up Oh my god, absolutely. What did Haley say to you? Sure. Are you freaking kidding about, me? After I think about all the men in my life, gay or straight, love getting getting gossip. Like straight men, like, straight men that I'm close to love tea. That's always the <laughs> case. And they they clamor for it and they want to Everybody be does. Everyone wants some juicy tidbit. Yeah. Jane, in particular, you love, like, people, like, at their worst, their lowest moment. Okay. Well, I don't. I'm actually a very empathetic listener when it comes to, you know, people going through tough times. Thank you very much. Um, I did think it was really interesting that apparently, like, during an interview for Conan the Destroyer, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) made... (laughs) Did you see that? Arnold Schwarzenegger made a comment, like, to the effect of, like... This is like they were like asking about future projects, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm working on some like." It's some he was wearing stuff. shoes. He was wearing shoes from the set of Terminator, the Terminator, I guess. Yeah. And the interviewer asked him about his shoes, and he was like, "Oh, they're from the set of some shit movie I'm working on." Yeah, <laughs> and like, then yeah, funny. <laughs> and like, in, and I will say in his defense, obviously this this movie was made on you know like a low budget, considering like what they accomplished, especially in how and how they had to spread this this budget out. Because if you think about, do that, you have the like, numbers? Because I'm I curious. Do, you know okay. I do. It was made on a budget of six point four mil. Um, Whoa! Released by the way, just our videos, October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty four. Right in time mm. for Halloween. Um, and then it made at the box office about $78 million. That's a lot of That's money. That's a return on, on investment as, far as, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Um, Great ROI. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's it was a hit movie, but it, like, wasn't really, like, expected to be that. So, like, I mean, that gives you, like, a little bit of a clue into, like, what mm-hmm. was going on. I mean, that's the equivalent of around $220 million today. Like That's crazy. So, I the, mean. The, the fact that the $78 million is the equivalent yeah. to, to, okay. Yeah, and the budget yeah. is equivalent to about $17 million as well. Yeah, yeah, so that's a so, huge amount of energy back. And Dave brought it up. I mean, we weren't really going to... You know, it's coming up soon enough, but Dave did bring up that the second Terminator film had a budget of $100 million, which is, yeah. Wow. So, so like $92, or no, $94. Nine, like $94 million. $94 million more than the first one. I <laughs> apparently broken in the brain, can't do math. Um, but, but. but I also think it's interesting, though, too, like, the fact that, like, I who knows what the specs were? Who knows what, like, Cameron sold Arnold Schwarzenegger on when he said, like, you know, some shit movie. Like, he clearly didn't know what this was going to be. And he clearly maybe had gotten, like, this sort of piecemeal description of, like, this movie where it's like, you're from the future, but you're in the past. And you're a robot. You're a cyborg. And you look, look like, you, you know. if someone tried to sell me this movie, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, cool. Because, A, like, the storyline just isn't my thing. You know? Like, I wouldn't be drawn to that to begin with. And, B, like, the visuals, I feel like, and like the action of this movie are such a large part of the enjoyable like nature of it. So the other thing I do also want to say that I didn't realize when I first gave you this movie is I legit have never seen this movie before either. What? I, no, oh so my this god! Was my big first reveal. Time. I know. So this was my first time watching it too. I didn't real. I saw Terminator Two. That was the one because that's the one that everyone fucking and loves. that's the one that I saw when I was Dave was courting me and it was. Mm. A trip to the old countryside. We've gone fashion. to our, yeah, we'd gone to uh, my husband's family estate, Bower Manor, and um, <laughs> we'd been out riding stallions all day, and we'd also seen some horses as well while we were there. And then we came back to the house, and um, there was some Chablis, and he said, uh, "I got a Terminator to show you." And I said, first of all, put your pants back on. And <laughs> you said, of all, first of all, seen it all day today. Yeah, exactly. When we were out there with those uh, Clydesdales. Um, mm. That's a family that lived on the farm next door. Uh, right, right, uh, right. Anyway. Um, no, but he showed me T2, which I also do not remember. Not even a little bit. Just so yeah. clear. So when we get to that one, it's going to be like. It's going to be new for both of if us. If we get to that one, got to keep everybody in suspense. We um, know you're doing the series. It's fine. Look, but I'm actually excited because this is your first franchise you're embarking on with me. Girl, no, it's not. What did, the, what did we do? What I know we did others because there's been some that I've been thinking about going back to and I haven't just yet, but we for sure, I've given you franchises. And really? now I, I don't remember. I can't remember what they are. <laughs> you don't look crazy. But we've we done, all, we've done like 70 franchises. episodes. We've so done like a lot. Whatever. But I know for a fact that I've given you some and I, because I've been like, a couple of them I've been like, oh, we got to dip our toes in that water again. I haven't forgotten. Um, mm. But yeah, this movie though, it has that, vi- it has like, I get, I get on paper why it may have been like a hard sell for like even like an up and coming actor. Arnold Schwarzenegger had obviously done like Conan the Barbarian and was like a well known world famous bodybuilder, you know, Austrian bodybuilder. But like this, uh, you know, this was uh, the but big like, movie. But like, did people made... know bodybuilders that weren't into bodybuilding? That's my thing. It's like I couldn't. I mean, he'd been on like he'd been on like like TV shows and stuff. Mm. Um, and also, I did you read that like apparently Lucille Ball in 1974. He was on Lucille Ball's TV show, and apparently he said that, like, later on in his career, when movies, when he started having all these huge movie successes, Lucille Ball would send him, like, 
flowers and a card like God. opening of all the movies and say like can you know congratulations like so i'm so sweet. happy for you and i thought how sweet that like so i mean nice. to be fair like you know these were huge so it's like so it's like i mean you know she, i'm sure every time she turned on her television she saw ads like Arnold schwarzenegger quickly became a massive star so it's not like she did go mm-hmm. digging around to find like of you know course. the off-broadway play opening that he was in we're not talking about like victor garber here <laughs> like we're talking about arnold schwarzenegger um, right we, we stand victor garber fucking here ever we stand all di- all different kinds of you know um like walks uh, or or projects is one of oh absolutely we love them all we love, um, we love the off-broadway show we love the terminator movies we you know we we love term term everything can be enjoyed um Speaking um, of the movie, should we kind of dive in? Oh, well, okay. So what I was going to say was... Don't give me that hand. Oh, well, God. I was like... I, you, you, well, I was... I, well, what I was going to say was in... I'm trying to get to the, the point really like about Tara and like what Tara was saying. Like, I think that like this movie also like given the fact that like it like there's this aesthetic there. I don't mention movies that I have not seen before, by the way. Also, I've never seen any of the Mad Max films, but like those Mad mm-hmm. Max films like this film. The RoboCop mm-hmm. film I thought of a lot during this movie, like that sort of like take on the future, like which is kind totally. of complicated because this movie is set in what was the present at the time, but it got but it's but it's so heavily inspired by their version of what they think future is, and totally. also we take this trip into 2029, six years from now, guys. So look out, Lord knows we're heading towards some well, set, disaster. It's, um, it's, Seven years. That's not. Yeah, six that's and a half true. years. Um, mm-hmm. but like, but like those shots of like people in that future world, which, uh, by the way, everybody just thinks that the future is like dark colors and like drapey fabric for some reason. Like everybody is in distressed <laughs> draping fabric. Well, they also think it's every every like version of this kind of movie is post apocalyptic too. There's th- there's some sort of nuclear war this is like the machines took over and now we live in the dark you know what i mean in the sewers tussled hair is tussled face filthy showers (laughs) i'm not seeing them (laughs) i'd like yeah i'd like to i'd like to see you see you do one um i also wonder i was wondering when people are just dirty like this like are they just having sex I, I think about that all the time. I can't watch a period piece or a, a movie in the future, a post-apocalyptic movie where I'm like, are people boning? Because well, everyone's fucking disgusting. I mean, obviously people, like, the little that I know of, like, period pieces from what I've studied, like, typically, like, we're talking about, like, people, even the people that worked in, like, those houses and things like that, obviously, like, li- mm-hmm. like those, like, lords and ladies, like, they were taking baths. Like, not every day, but they also but had like people that were providing. The, yeah, like, it wasn't, like, a lot. But they were taking they were taking baths. And also, like, when they wanted to have, like, those gowns and stuff, like, cleaned, they had to, like, a lot of times, when they did, they had to send them off. Like, they had to be sent off to, like, the person who made them, which was often in, like, another part of, like, the country. And then, like, brought back. Oh so it was, like, a very exhaustive process. So I always think, yeah, when you, like, think about those people at those balls and stuff, and everybody's wearing, like, their, like, finest garb, and it's, like, those heavy, like, like velvet dresses, and you're Ugh. just like, it must have just been, like... Like so you know. musky in there, and and uh, it just had to have been. You just probably, I guess, you would, it was just a part of it. It was just like they don't know you get any used different. To it. And people would like, isn't that like when potpourri came to play? Like, oh yeah, like potpourri. their versions of like yeah, smattering them in like <laughs> in like patchouli to try and like cover up the, the evils of the body. 
and just like, yeah. And then if you did get lucky enough to hook up with somebody that smelled good, you probably were like enchanted because you were just like, oh, oh my or maybe God. you were like, it's weird. You don't, your body doesn't have the dank. <laughs> what are you doing to get rid of the dang? Oh, why don't you smell like butt mud? Um, oh, <laughs> butt mud. So, right. um, so yeah, so that one. Okay, one of the first things I noticed, by the way, we get a really early like nude shot of Arnie. Um, this is clearly. what I wanted. To, this is the first thing I want to talk about. Arnie's, yeah, Arnie. Because we get like we find out about Kyle Reese, played by Michael Bean, and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're the two from the future. Kyle Reese mm-hmm. is here to protect Sarah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a cyborg with a but human body. At this point body, in the movie, you know? we don't know what's going on. We just they don't get give a us shot. You don't, yeah, you don't get that until later on in the movie. James. No, you don't get that until about midway through where yeah. you really understand what's going on. And like the first shot you get is like Arnie like jumping into existence, nude as the day is long. He's like in some parking lot, and like you get a very significant ass shot from him and you follow him like watch walking slowly you see him from behind he looks and he's trying to find out where he is and then you see him again another shot of him walking towards these punks which features a cameo of course and all right people bill paxton oh not in real life is he dead in real life yeah he died he died like some years ago <gasps> oh my god i'm re-traumatized because i just remembered that i thought he was still alive i guess the, the heart what's what it wants but he dies in like two seconds because um arnie as the terminator wants to wear their clothes and they put up a fight but you get a cock shot i don't know if you notice but you can yeah, see arnie's cock swinging in the wind and i was like thinking about it later on of course and i was like why would a Terminator have like a penis? What would he need it for? He doesn't I mean, urinate. The only thing I could think of was just like on the off chance that like somebody maybe sees it's worth it to put in the extra like 15 minutes to make a dick just in case but, somebody. But people sees know that he's a Terminator. He's not like. I, but he's supposed he's, to blend in though. That's the whole point of giving him so. the skin and everything. So maybe if like. He's in a situation where he has to go into the bathroom to like track down somebody to kill them. He can go stand at the urinal and pull his out too. Um, you know, I don't know. There's not really, a, but it's clear. But it's also, but it's a decision to be like, here's his dick. <laughs> I know it was a very strange decision. But you could also make the same case for like, why does he have a butt crack? I agree. Only, only, I only think about that in terms of like his pants might look weird if his, if he doesn't have any butt crack. I, the thing is with Jane is that whenever we watch these movies, Jane gets caught up on like, (laughs) she's really caught up on like what's going on beneath the, beneath. Well, I did about 30 minutes in the Robocop episode of absolutely holding bread at feet to the fire telling me if he thinks robocop poops or not although that's different because they made it such a point to show him like exactly and stuff although i did also see in this the is episode. making a point too like oh, okay. full frontal penis like i mean it's and, a, it's an and, interesting choice yeah but yeah. i mean but also though if, if they were gonna they showed it in the beginning before we knew what he was so at this point we don't know he's not a person and right. if they want the shot of him being naked, they this him being naked sort of to me is like it's almost signaling a birth in a way. So it's like absolutely, yeah. and I think that that's a part of the nudity. And I think also revealing that in a we didn't. Here's the thing: we we him walking up to these people and saying, "Give me your clothes." 
um, one mm-hmm. of his ten lines in the script, um, <laughs> is is like it's it's sort of telling its own story. Granted, we could have just gotten the butt shot and we would have known that he was naked. There's something about the decision, but it also it's like right. this person is otherworldly. He's walking around butt naked boldly. He doesn't give a shit, and then you realize yeah. it's because he doesn't understand the rules of society. So he's okay. like. Why am I? Why am I like defending it? I uh, mean, Lord I, knows. You, I, you, Lord knows. I had some big questions. My <laughs> husband was he, he. He had a lot. He had a lot of pushback for me as far as like getting me in line. So I don't know why I'm like. But it's but like. It's but actually, this, you this made me understand. But I think that these conver- these conversations about Arnold Schwarzenegger's penis are good, and I've always said that, and I'll always say that, and I'll say it forever. You always say that the conversations about Arnold Schwarzenegger's penis are pivotal are and good. tantamount to like us and important. And like exactly, exactly, exactly. So I think actually you've gotten me on side now a little bit, where I'm like, okay, okay, I can understand why he needs that penis. And also, it's funny because I didn't have a point of view before you asked the question. And so you kind of helped me in a way a little bit. Therapy session's over. Solidify that. Um, <laughs> but no, it's you're right. Over. Like, I definitely, like, I definitely, like, had that in place. Also, so, like, we then we meet the Michael Bean character, the Kyle Reese character. We don't know who he is either. We know that he probably came from a world similar to Arnold because they're both sort of, like, fish out of water in this world. He seems to be and able to, And they're both like, showing up naked. They're both showing up naked. Well, we though we don't get like the full on with him though. We don't get butt and we don't get peen. Um, You're right. No, it's just possible don't. that it's possible that he was slinging and they were like, we don't want them. You know, we can't have that tripod. <gasps> oh, the, oh, like his was. So or much Arnold than was like, Arnie's cut his penis from the movie. Cut his penis off from his body. Why is his penis <laughs> bigger than mine? No. That won't go in the movie. And that won't live on his body. Get rid of it. Michael, why your cock so big? <laughs> I also like this world where Arnold Schwarzenegger just doesn't understand anatomy. Like, why? You- also, is like, <laughs> like thinks he can tell people to cut off their own penis, and that's the only weight he tried to pull on this. Right, was like was getting Michael's weight cut from the movie. Um, he's like, why? His is ten inches. <laughs> It's like the director's like, I like can't Arnie's was a good size. You no, no, me. Arnold was, no, Arnold had a, he had yeah. a healthy one. Um, how, how tall is Arnold Schwarzenegger? I feel like I probably. My guess would be six foot four, but I could be wrong. Because that's based on Arnold But I feel like six foot four. Well, Google's about to tell us six foot two. Oh my God, oh. you and Arnie are the same height, right? You're wow, six foot two? Wow, that's surprising. And actually, he's, I think, the same age during this movie, which is kind of wild. Um, he was like 36 during the making of this film, which was really like wow surprising. You know, I saw that um the uh Sarah Connor was supposed to be 18 years old. Yeah, I saw that too. I I didn't feel like that. No, (laughs) I was like, what? But you know what's interesting? Don't get me wrong, Linda Hamilton looks beautiful, incredible, but was. When you're not 18, you're not 18. Well, also, it's interesting to me, and don't get me wrong, I come from the theater world where they will throw a 40 year old on that stage and put, have them put on a Liesel costume and sing 16 going on 17, like <laughs> boldly. And you are in the audience, like, okay. <laughs> maybe a decade ago, sis. Um, but. Yeah, no, it's like, it's not giving. And it's interesting because apparently Jennifer Jason Lee was in strong, like, 
contention for this role and like mm. didn't get it. And part of the reason why she didn't get it was because James Cameron felt that she was too young. So it's interesting that he wrote this character to be 18, but then had no like intent of like, of like actually, or maybe the real, maybe he wrote this probably- script. And then once he started the process was like, uh, and like never went back and really like addressed it. Maybe that's what it was, you know, maybe. Once- well, if that's the case, then you're not really doing a great job. But at <laughs> what you do, like leaving a detail out by like, oh, well, you know, whatever. I think like also it's like part of me is like, oh, maybe this is a subconscious like subliminal message to be like. 18-year-olds are real women. Look at this 18-year-old on screen. <laughs> well, also, it's like the like her world. She seems to be fairly... Not that 18-year-olds can't be, but like she seems to be fairly responsible. She's self-sufficient. She has a roommate. She lives on her own. Like She seems to have this established she life. She's too adult for no, 18 that's and- my No, that's what I mean. And I feel like that's a part of what the confusion comes from. Because it's like... I feel like her being 18 would be like a bigger part of this. Because it's also like, how long have you been living on your own? Are you somebody who's been living on your own since you were like 16? Like... Like, what's that story that you're 18 years old and you're like living in the world and you've got this job as a waitress and you seemingly have your life together in in certain respects. So it's like, yeah, it's clearly like Linda Hamilton was, I think, around 27, 28 during this film, which feels like correct for this character. Totally. You know, he was supposed and and also Kyle Reese was supposed to be 21 and this actor is 27, which also makes a little bit more sense, I think. Yeah, I mean, they look kind of the same age, you know, which I guess they are, really. Yeah, they are. And so that that was, like, distracting after the fact. I didn't find that out until I was looking up the movie after I'd already watched it. But I was like, oh, that's, like, distracting to me that they want her to be 18. Like, just age her up a little bit. Yeah, totally unnecessary. Unless she's, like, like a high school student, and that's where we're starting this movie at. And, like, she's a high school senior or something, and it's, like... That, or, like, a college freshman. Like, if that's a part of the story, then maybe. But without those but, elements being a part of it, I don't see what this gives us. And um, then also, like, how old is Kyle Reese when he comes back to the past and, spoiler alert, ends up fucking Sarah Connor? How old is he then? Like, he said, that's what I'm I- saying. In the script, apparently, he's supposed to be 21. But they cast. Oh, 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 oh okay. He's supposed right, to be twenty one, but clearly, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a twenty. The actor was twenty seven, and he looks like twenty seven, twenty eight. I'd say so. Like clearly, with both of these characters, initially they were supposed to be much younger, but it, not much younger, but like they were supposed to be a bit younger. And like clearly, in the either in the act in the auditioning process or something happened, and he realized that like why, um, yeah. <laughs> you know. Also, once you make the decision to forego like casting an, a person who's giving 18-year-old realness in that part of Sarah Connor, I'd have to imagine that then you start playing a game of like, you know, how are we going to make this work? Because we need these two to, you know, be some somewhat like a- around the same age. So it's right. like it becomes this sort of, you know, balancing act of it. Um, yeah. You brought up what is like, it's it's the thing we have to talk about. And we can just get it out of the way now because it's the okay. elephant in the room. And while Dave and I were watching the movie, he was like, uh, I know. And I was like, I know Jane's got so much to say about this. Okay. <laughs> so like, it's, 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 let me try and explain this. I didn't go put it going into it in the synopsis because I wanted to talk about it with you. Okay. So like, we, we discover in this movie um, that like the Terminator is here to destroy Sarah Connor. Because mm-hmm. Sarah Connor will give birth to John Connor, who will be the leader of the revolution, the twenty, the revolution that's happening forty years in the future. He's going to be the leader of it. So they have decided, Skynet has decided to send this cyborg into the past in order to kill her, and and the resistance has decided to send 
um, to send Sergeant Kyle Reese into the past to stop the cyborg from successfully destroying her so that so that John Connor can be born, basically. And I have a question about the cyborg, the Terminator. At one point in the movie, they mentioned HKs, which are hunter killers. Is that also the Terminator or is that a different thing? I, I think that is the Terminator. He's a hunter okay. killer. Okay, I just wanted he's to clarify. So he's an HK, he's a cyborg, he's a Terminator. He is, just has a lot of different names. He's your neighbor. He's your yep. friend down the street. He's, he's your neighbor. He's the one who's showing up to your front door and putting a gun in your face and shooting you indiscriminately. He's the one who knocks on your door and says, hey, sounds like you guys had quite the party last night. I want to know him <laughs> except that I was woken up at three in the morning um, mm-hmm. by the sound of my daughter crying. Because she'd mm-hmm. been woken up. So it was just this whole like dominoes effect in my house. Next time you guys have a party, um, I'd say just just maybe drop a note to some of the other neighbors. Um, because if you drop a note, that'll keep me from dropping a call to the popo. So <laughs> help me help you. <laughs> and dropping this semi-automatic weapon so that it shoots indiscriminately into your house and kills your whole that family. Part. That part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um my my thing was like so we get like Kyle Reese explaining basically to Sarah Connor why he's here to save her why the Terminator's here to kill her, which we as the audience also don't know up to this point. And then he sort mm-hmm. of explains the story of her giving birth to this like resistance leader of the future. What we find out later on in the movie is that he is in fact he him and and her they smash, um, mm-hmm. and she becomes mm-hmm. pregnant. Spoiler alert! And she so he is the father of. John Connor, who will be the leader of this future resistance. So mm-hmm. essentially he's come back, him coming back in time, which should be the thing that disrupts everything from happening. But what we discover is that him coming back in time is actually an inevitable piece of the puzzle that we need. He has to come back in time and he has to meet her and he has to stop the Terminator in order to have sex with her to procreate, to create John Connor, who he serves under and respects and knows very well through being with him in the future. So like, we've got our whole thing and you can make a case and say to me, but it's the inevitability of it. It's the inevitability of the future. Even him going back in the past is a part of that inevitability. Even him taking that trip into the past, that had to happen for Sarah Connor to begin the process of being reborn as this like alpha female badass who is going Mm -hmm. to, I think, I don't know this for sure, but I think she becomes a lot more of a badass. She's very young. She's very much like naive. And I think she, through this crazy life altering experience that would, you know, anyone would going through, like she becomes emboldened and it bolsters her and it helps to create the really intense badass that I think we're going to meet in later films. So like all of this has to happen because she even says, how am I going to become like, the the mother of like the leader of the resistance after the machines take over and everything which he also kyle explains to her that's coming up girl in the next couple years so strap in um and like all of that's happening and she's like how is that gonna happen and he's sort of like well you'll fucking figure it out but like what she doesn't realize is that the journey she's on is already the journey that's preparing her to give birth to this future leader so it's like it is it does not make sense if you think about it even a little bit too hard Mm -hmm. then you are like Mm -hmm. huh Huh, so you he's been start- working on his son. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. You start to pull this thread, and there are a lot of questions I have, as I'm sure you've been anticipating. Okay, first of all... I heard them in all- my head as I was watching the movie, because I knew I had the same <laughs> questions, and I was like... And I said to Dave, I was like, Jane's going to have questions about all this tomorrow, because I turned to him, and Dave was like, Ugh, just let me have my joy. 
So I understand that this is its own universe, but there are some true things we know about established time travel within like our universe, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you come back and do all of these things, like it inevitably will change something going forward. And there's no, like, I don't understand I do not understand how, because he even said he volunteered to go back. So is this supposed to be an act of God that he's like coming? Like, is that the part that I'm missing here? Does someone, someone in the future, this is my guess, someone in the future, and maybe this is revealed in later movies, I don't know. But someone in the future has to know everything. And has to be a person who has a connection to John Connor and Kyle Reese and poking Kyle Reese. Hey, you really should be the one who goes back and does this. But like, also, it's weird because he's like falling in love with Sarah Connor from like some random picture. And then it's weird that Sarah Connor is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have sex with my son's friend. That's weird, right? She's like Stifler's mom. Wait, what do you mean, have sex with your son's friend? She knows that Kyle Reese is like a close ally, same age as your son. And I just think that's fucking weird. Okay, Okay, so hold on. Hold on. I'm going to defend her a little bit because, A, we're dealing with like such heightened circumstances that it's like there's one person in the world that you can sort of like lean on and depend on and you get caught up in the moment. So like, I'll give you that. Um, I, but I, but I get what you're saying. I hadn't even thought about like the logistics of it because it's also like, does she even thinking like, I'm going to make it through the night or is she even thinking I 100% believe you or she's thinking this guy's kind of cute and like, he's a little cray, but he is saving my life. So like, let me, let me look at the pool. She's saving quick. your life up to a certain point, but my hackles would be way the fuck up. Like yeah. I don't, wouldn't feel like I could trust anybody. But she's already, as we see later in the movie, when she goes to the police, they're completely ineffective. And like exactly. the only person who saves her ass, who who has saved her ass continually throughout the movie. So he's shown and proved multiple times. Yeah. So even though there's a fear in her of like the unknown, because it's like, who are you? Who's this man who's throwing me into this car and telling me to like, you know, put my head down, but it's also like, damn, but you are literally the only person who has like successfully gotten me out of like multiple run-ins where like the Terminator was standing in front of me with a gun and a laser on my forehead about to destroy me. So that's really it. But I get you. I I think that she's probably outside of the realm of like proper, like Emily Post decorum (laughs) as far as like not fucking your son's best friend. But it's also like, it's not as weird either because she's like the same age as him. So, like, yeah, if his I friend came back into town and was it's 10, just... if it was, like, Jonathan Lipnicki <laughs> and he was, like, hey, Who's I'm, like a a, your, I'm a good a friend of yours. I'm a good friend of yours. man now. <laughs> then, like, and she was, like, from Jerry Maguire? And he's, like, no, I'm not just a kid from that movie. I'm also a part of the resistance. And I'm here to save you. And then she was, like. <laughs> Did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> and she's, like, Lipnicki, here's my bra. <laughs> then it may be like, hey, hold on, hold on. You got to answer for this girl. I know the world's falling apart, but we're not going to let you off the hook. You, you've committed a crime <laughs> against humanity. Um, but I think like, they're the same age. So it's like weird because it's like, I mean, and, and hold on. So like, leg- and logistically. But he also knows, I, now that I'm thinking, he also knows he can't go back either. 
So it's like, it's not like he's going to have to confront John Connor and be like, yo, I smashed Like John Connor is going to be like, hey man, you fuck my mom? And he's yeah. like, weird specific <laughs> How do you know? question, dude. Weird specific question. What was I'm it? I'm your fucking daddy. <laughs> and yeah, and he's like, I know. I know the look on a dude's face after you fuck my mom. Um, <laughs> ugh, it's like, sorry. Um, but like, but also it's like weird too because I was doing the math and I'm like, so that means that in 2029, John Connor must be like in his 40s then. Like, John Connor's, like, a 40-something-year-old yeah. man. So, like, yes. John Connor isn't probably, like, his homeboy. John Connor is probably, like, a man who is 20-something years older than this dude <laughs> who he serves under. So it's not probably, uh, like, a okay. contemporary buddy. John Connor is, like, really old. Not, oh, my God, not really old as I get ready to approach that door. <laughs> but I just mean, like, John He's Connor's older. probably, like, He's a respected... 12 to 15 years older than this guy. If not more, because we're, because we've gone, we're in 84. So he's from 45 years years this is all 45 years in the future and if john connor's like active so like john connor's what well, we know john connor's like 45 years old then because she becomes pregnant with him then so he's about 20 he's almost 20 years younger than john connor so he's just like one of the foot soldiers who's respected and like trusted by john connor but not necessarily like maybe like one of his boys so like maybe that it's also gives weirder him- sleeping with someone that much younger than your son I mean, wait, but it's, it's not. not. But it's not because she's the same age. If they had cast Gloria Stewart from Titanic, then we'd be having a conversation that was like, yeah, it's a, it's a choice. Although, also, if they had cast like a really hot, like you know, milf type, you know, then you'd be like, what's your, what's your, who, who, who's a milf? Who would you, who would you refer to as a milf in the current industry? I'm trying to think of women that I see, and I'm like, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I've got a list. Um, Angela Bassett is for sure a milf, a, respect, oh, okay. a respected, Agreed. revered milf. Um, yeah, I think that's Sigourney we, uh, Weaver. Yeah, just Sigourney to be Weaver clear, is a, is a is a big milf for me. I always think Sigourney Weaver is just. She's don't so you sexy. think she's like a little? Uh, I guess yeah. Susan Sarandon is fucking is so hot. <laughs> yes, yeah, Susan Sarandon is. Hot. She is. Susan I know. Sarandon, I'm I always am just like, oh my god. Um, who's another like Diane Lane? <laughs> oh, boy, oh boy! <laughs> I think Diane Lane is so hot. She's um, gorgeous, absolutely. And she always looks like she just got back from the beach. Like she's always given that energy of like, I'm here. Like I've been get, relaxing all day. I'm wearing this flowy, like you know, fucking like, you know, summery top and like. A, a sensible pair of shoes and like some and like a pants. large hat, yeah. Yeah, let's let's beach today. That's sure thing, <laughs> Diane. Um, yeah, those are some of my um, those. Oh, those Regina are, King. Regina King yeah. is absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. Halle Berry, duh. Um, man, Kate Blanchett, uh, Helen oh, Mirren for life. For life, Helen Mirren, yeah, is insane. Some of them are teetering into like grand milf territory. This is what I'm feeling like. This is more of like. I knew you. I knew it. You're like, you're like, he went way older than he needed to. I hate (laughs) you. I know. Because I was thinking like milfs in like their 40s, 50s. And you're like on that geriatrics. Well, well, because I was thinking about where we are age wise. And I'm like, they're getting less and less milfy and more and more just like sensible choice. Like, Can you imagine? It's like, it's like what? It's like one of us showing up with one of these people to like a gathering with friends and like waiting on them. To comment on like the age difference, and then they're like, and it's is like there one? fine, yeah. <laughs> it's like I had to, I had noticed. You're like, oh my and god, did like, you notice that I'm here with 
movie icon Sigourney Weaver. And it's like, yeah, it's like, were you weirded out by the age thing? It's like, you're you're too old for that. No, you're just an adult <laughs> making an adult decision as far as I'm concerned. It's like, yeah, but all the years between us, it's like, didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, because you're sort of like the same generation. You know, the yeah. same. <laughs> you're both a member generation. of America. You're both part of the greatest generation. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, how fucking dare you? Like, um, <laughs> I thought that this was going to be a gag, and it's not. And that's <laughs> it's like Jane showing up. What? It's like Jane showing up with like Vanessa Hudgens and like expecting everybody to be like, "Oh God!" Um, <laughs> and expecting everybody to like. Am I like I'm babysitting like, her? <laughs> she's like our age, isn't she? Uh, maybe I just think of her from like. Oh, so like, so like you showing up with like. You showing up with like Leah Remini to like an event and being like, we're kind of dating. And like everybody's like, oh, cool. And you're waiting on somebody to like comment on like the age difference. And all they want to talk about is the Scientology. And you're like, yeah, but like she's like 50. And they're like, how old are you again? And you slap them across the face and storm out. Oh, Vanessa Hutchins is 33. Okay, she's not that much younger. You still think she's on the the set at Disney Channel? I guess I think people don't age. I don't you know. I think she's stretching right now going <laughs> for High School Musical 2. <laughs> There's like, that would be High School Musical 4, I think. I've never seen any of the High School Musicals. I have no idea. <laughs> Get to, um, do you know that um, one of our younger listeners suggested the High School Musical <laughs> movies to me? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So like- I was like, there's no, I was like, Brandon will never forgive me. <laughs> You know what? I'm actually not opposed because I think that would make a real. I think that would make a really good. I have have questions already. Um, All right. Linda Hamilton is actually speaking. Linda Hamilton is a woman who I think has gotten sexier the older that she's gotten. She. I mean, she. I thought she was sexy as hell in this role. She's also, by the way, Sarah Connor, huge, huge dyke icon. I thought that the moment I saw her, I thought this every she must be a huge lesbian. I mean, you've seen Tara has. Tara has a uh, Sarah Connor shirt with like Linda Hamilton on it, like holding a gun or something like that. She wears oh, all the time. So and like, I always, I just am like, I don't know who the fuck Sarah Connor is, but I know that's Linda Hamilton. And I didn't even really know if it was a Terminator reference. But let me tell you, in my little queer life with all these queer um, women, Sarah Connor is a name that I have heard re repeatedly constantly she likes every like so many halloween parties people show up dressed as sarah connor like it's a it's a it's a whole thing um and this is this is like a very dikey movie choice although i think terminator 2 is for sure yeah for Um, sure also i thought and i think it's because it centers around a very badass woman although like tara i was watching this one with tara and she was like the interesting thing about this is like this isn't the sarah connor that i know like the real sarah connor shows up in t2 that seemed to be kind of this that that was kind of what i got from dave as well they're both really they're both really they like terminator but they love t2 so yes that's they're both really excited about about the t2 part of it and i I am a little bit too now because i have the context and i honestly do not remember i think while i was watching that movie i was doing a million other things so i'm excited about sitting down with it and like going into it and like Mm -hmm. you know coming back and talking about it with you Mm -hmm. the other thing that i thought was really funny in this movie towards the beginning as like First of all, you get a really quick, like, clue in to just, like, the tone of the movie. There's a scene at the beginning we mentioned earlier where butt-naked Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, goes up to the group of punks. Um, and then he asks them for their clothes and they don't want to give them to him. And he ends up killing uh, two of them. Um, but uh, 
Then we get another murder, which is the first. He goes to a phone book. Dave mentioned Dave was like, uh, he was like, the millennials aren't gonna, not the millennials. That's us. Oh God, um, the Gen, <laughs> the Gen Zers, Zers aren't. The Gen Zers aren't gonna know what this, what these big ass books are with all these names in them and numbers. <laughs> um, but he picks up a, the yellow pages and he goes in and he just starts looking through for Sarah Connors to find them. We as the viewers don't know why just yet. But then he goes to the first Sarah Connors house. She answers the door and he shoots her like six times and kills her point blank. And you're like, what's going on? But it, it is an instant like it's like, oh, this is the tone of the movie. And like he is not a lovable like loaf. Like this guy is here to destroy. He's here and, to kill. And he has no feeling. And he, and he has no. does away with people. And I have an interesting question for you, Jane, which yeah. Dave said something that I thought was just interesting. He said okay. something about rooting for the bad guy. And I said, do you root for the Terminator in this movie? And he was like, uh, and I could tell it was complicated. And I genuinely curiously, because I know the antihero is sometimes who we root for in films. Like it just of is course. the way it is. And I, so that's an interesting question I have for you. Did you find yourself rooting for for the Terminator in this movie? Uh, absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Um, I actually think... Are you going to go into a... feminist theory, by the way? <laughs> absolutely. Oh. Oh, 100% all the time, always. But okay. I actually think, like, one of the reasons why I... And I think this has to do with me viewing this movie for the first time, you know, today in 2022, mm -hmm. is, like... First of all, like, there's an element of this movie that is, like, very, like, gun porny, which doesn't work for me. You know, he walks into the gun shop and they're talking about different kinds of guns and and he just, like, shoots the gun owner because he tells him that there's a waiting period, which no. is, like, is crazy. Welcome to um, Exactly. And so I was just kind of like, oh, God. And so, like, being a person who lives in 2022 where, like, that is a plausible thing. Which is a horrifying thing to have to say out loud, but mm -hmm. that's a plausible thing. I immediately did not side with the Terminator because I felt like even even when um, Sarah Connor's at the police station and the police are hiding her out and the Terminator comes in. And first of all, he walks up to the counter and the counter just the guy who's sitting, the police officer just sitting at the counter, spills the damn tea that she's in there. And he's like, Terminator's like, oh, I'm here to pick up my my friend Sarah Connor or something like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, she's here, but she's like not taking visitors or whatever. And I'm like, why would you? give that information away like why Please. would you say that she's here and it's like oh yeah 1984 like nothing was protected and then he goes in and there's that big shootout within the police station i was like this feels like a mass shooting like this doesn't feel um like something that you wouldn't experience in real life and i think probably viewing this movie in 1984 when it came out was a very different experience you could kind of get revved up for it in that way and like i don't mean to be a killjoy i love shoot 'em up movies i love action movies i love these types of things but it was very like i definitely was like oh you know that's that's scarier to me today than it would have been if I watched this, you know, in 1984 when it came out, because that was totally out of the realm of possibility. And now people are walking into places and shooting up everything. Also, we get like one of the next murders that we get is the murder that has to happen in every movie. We get we get Sarah's roommate, Ginger, and her <gasps> boyfriend, Matt, who's played by Rick Rosovich, who you may remember from one of our earlier movies that we watched together. He was a part of the, the homoerotic uh flight flight boy movie top gun 
Um, he was he played Slider. He was Top he was, Gun. He was Val Kilmer's like you know number one bad boy who like played the 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 greasy oiled up uh, volleyball game. Um, I have I have blocked all of that out because Top Gun is my least favorite movie that we've ever watched. <laughs> Whoa! Is that surprising to you? We both hated that movie. We did. That's funny yeah. though. I don't like. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's really my least, interesting. Least hated and you had it pod. loaded and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Oh you yeah, knew it. I, I don't have to look through our movies to decide that, but you knew it. You were like, no, that was my least favorite movie. That was the I, I had fun talking about how much I hated it with you, but that was the movie that I dragged my feet through watching the most. But it also gave us. Take my breath away. Yeah, this. <laughs> my breath. It's over there because it's away. <laughs> um. So we get these two. We get Matt and we get um, Ginger having sex premarital. Premarital. They're, they're not married. Also, one thing that I noted about this: so they're in the bedroom, they're having sex. He, they end up getting killed because he looks up. He gets to. He kills two Sarah Connors, and the third one listed. Thank goodness for that. Uh, that middle name that starts with a different letter. Um, the mm. third one listed is the actual Sarah Connor. At this point, she's caught wind of the fact by watching just the news that like two women named Sarah Connor have been killed. And which must be the most terrifying thing in the world to just be watching the news and see people who have the same name as you getting killed one by one. The way that our Sarah Connor finds out is hilarious. The when that first scene, her coworker is wild. Is- too excited her co-worker if you guys haven't seen this movie her co she works at a diner her co-worker runs up to her and she goes oh my god oh my god oh my god you're gonna love this and she ushers her back into the room to watch a news segment it's like the break room at work yeah about a woman named sarah connor that has been murdered and her co-worker could not is frothing at the mouth and it is not okay you are celebrating this you quote-unquote unique coincidence that someone with a pretty common name was murdered and that's a person's life who's ended and you're too fucking jazzed about it and she like she's like in her ear like she's like literally like (laughs) eating like a bologna sandwich in her ear as she's watching this news (laughs) it's like it's too much Back up because it's offensive because it's just offensive. And secondly, (laughs) like, I've got to process the fact that somebody with my name died. Why did you think that this was, like, the kind of juice that I wanted? Like, I could could have finished my shift. Also, the energy with what you brought me in made me think I won the fucking lottery. Like, you were like, get a load of this. People in this city are being murdered who have your name. A person, a mother, a mother of two kids murdered and you're celebrating? You're sick. Um, And I will say, like, Sarah's not at home. She gets, she knows about these two women that are, that have been killed. She finds out about the second one later as she's like at a bar alone. Oh, just horrible enough. Um, but she finds out about the second one at the bar and the, they're trying to change the channel on the television. She's like, no, 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 don't change it. Um, and she realizes that another person with her name has been killed. And that's when she calls her home. As she calls her home, her roommate Ginger and her roommate's boyfriend Matt, they're boning. Um, I've got some things to say about Matt and Ginger. Yes, Can I unpack please, those? Please. Okay. So first of all, Ginger has an unhealthy obsession with her Walkman. She is has it on the whole time that she's at home and talking to Sarah Connor. And um, 
the phone rings and it happens to be Matt at the apartment and Sarah Connor picks it up. And before she says anything, Matt starts talking dirty to her mm-hmm. and yeah, talks about how he wants to take off her clothes and rip off the buttons of her Take shirt. her pants off inch by inch is what he said, inch which is such a weird inch. line to me. Yeah, all very strange. And I just think, I just find it funny how, Matt, you are taking such a big swing when you know your girlfriend has a roommate and you haven't even heard confirmation of who picks up it's the a phone. It's a watch list. And you know what? I think it's an intentional choice. I think he is horned up and he is not getting the right kind of consent. And he knows he can't get it because Sarah Connor will say, excuse me, Matt, you're my best friend's girlfriend, Ginger. And I will not engage in this phone sex with you. And then he'll be like, oh, I've been a bad boy, huh, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Tell me again. Tell me again. Can I talk to Ginger? Yeah. Can I talk to Ginger? So I think Matt is a bad person. And second of all, why the fuck do we cut to Matt and Ginger boning and she's still got her headphones on and he's holding the Walkman while literally like (laughs) riding her? (laughs) Also, also in this scene, her the way her energy in this scene when they're having sex it's like third on her list of priorities (laughs) she is like i wrote in my notes if i'm having sex with someone and this is the energy that they have i'm not working hard enough no like because if i'm if i'm having sex with somebody i'm stopping in the middle being like are you okay i'm probably just gonna try and work harder just because okay. I don't want to, I don't want to say it because I already know the answer. Okay. I'm <laughs> like if we're having sex and like Ariana Grande's playing and you're like singing along to the song, then like I got one more problem. You know, one hundred percent. Hugh and Azalea, because it's like we got we got big problems. That means I need to do I need to be doing more and I need to be working harder. That's what I would take that to mean. But I internalize everything. Oh, that's the thing. I'd be like, well, it can't be me. I'm perfect. Let's have a talk about it. You'd be like, hey, babe, let's decompress. Um, but no, but if, you, if somebody's having... Also, if you're having sex with me and you've got, like, AirPods in, and you're like... I'm like, I'm not on board with that. Like, Tori Amos in the middle. <laughs> I got... We got a problem. Well, Take about, why, why is it Tori Amos? Like I was going to say Paula Cole, and I was like, no, somebody more current. <laughs> that's like Tori Amos. <laughs> Because I'm old and I don't know what they're looking for. But also, like, why is it like all Lilith's fair people? <laughs> you know, it's it's the girls. It's the girls. It's the there's um there's they get you of, in the um, mood. There's Those plenty of armpit get... hair, baby. <laughs> and um, there's lots of really like short, like spiky hair, and lots mm. of combat boots with like mm-hmm. sundresses, and it's the vibe. So you're having lesbian sex in in this scenario. I am, I am. Absolutely. And we are, we are being really, really attentive to each mm. other. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, hey, could you put the Walkman down? Um, <laughs> like, why? I would be so mad if someone was like, it hey, would we, be a lie. Uh, I, I, they'd be like, I, I have. She's to more into the song than she is into the sex. 100%. Exactly. He has. Like, no, he's just... having no effect on her at all. Yeah. No, zero. And before she gets killed, she's in the kitchen now. The Terminator comes in. He has this, can't really call it a fight because he just destroys her boyfriend in the bedroom <laughs> and not in a fun way. And then she's in the kitchen making a Sammy. And she comes into the room. The most with her headphones thing, on. Still with her jamming headphones out. On still, so she doesn't hear any of the destruction happening, even though it's a very loud assault. And it's like, how good is the sound on these on these 
Walkman that like you don't hear your your boyfriend's head being thrown through like a door. Um, but she's bopping along and she comes into the she comes she comes towards the bedroom and she's got a sandwich and then what appears to be a glass of whole milk. That was the most offensive thing about this scene for me. And there was a murder in it. I didn't even notice it was that. A, it was a tall glass of just like milk. And I'm just like, what are you doing? For Put those of you guys down. who don't know, Brandon loves watching other people drink milk. So I if you like a video or something like that, like Ugh, go ahead and send it to him. I hate it. I hate it. I go hate when people DM. I, and here's the thing. I don't <laughs> mind milk, but I don't want to see it. I don't want right. to see you like drinking it. Mm-hmm. That's a mm-hmm. choice. Drinking a whole glass of just like whole milk like casually with like your meal what are you doing what are you doing are you a kid are you a kid from the 50s right get out of here man get out of here with that (laughs) and she was had this massive sandwich and this milk and it was just like enough killer sick i knew she was gonna die from the second i knew she was gonna die when they were having sex because i didn't knew she was i knew she was unmarried and it was the 80s and i knew absolutely teach our lessons back then it's it's that um that that horror movie trope, and she was absolutely gagging for it, which meant she had to fucking go. And right after this scene, also during this scene, after he kills them, Sarah calls her. <laughs> she calls and she leaves a message to the answer machine, and the Terminator is very much in her home still. And she leaves a message to the answer machine with all the tea. She's like the mm. most detailed, text the most detailed I mean- message anybody's ever left in the answer machine. <laughs> She leaves a message for her roommate to come pick her up because she's scared because this, she's found out about the second Sarah Connor. She's at this like kind of club thing, discotheque, and she leaves a message for her roommate and she's like, Tech noir. hey girl, it's your roommate, Sarah Connor. Um, <laughs> two of us, two other Sarah Connors have been killed. Uh, I'm at the discotheque. I'm wearing a blue sweater. My hair's crimped to the gods. And I am, I've got my, those, you know, hot pink patent leather pants on that you gave me. Um, and I'm ready to be picked up. You'll see me because I'll be sitting right out front. I've also got in a green jacket with blue stripes on it. So you can't miss me. This is where I'm at. This is the address. <laughs> and, and I like, will remain here until someone comes and picks me up, no matter who it is and whether it's a Terminator trying to kill me or not. I will be here. I'm going to be here. I'm not leaving. They've asked mm-hmm. me to. And I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm waiting. I here. live here. <laughs> I live here now, mama. Um, and he hears the entire message. He's like, okay, less work for me. So he goes to this place and he, and this is like the moment that like, she sort of meets the Terminator and the Kyle Reese character. And then Kyle Reese says the line that I was like, oh, so is this where this line comes from? He says, come with me if you want to live. And he takes her with him. And I was like, that's an iconic line. It's an iconic line. And you want to know something about this line? Um, so when I first started dating Tara, she had a beige, um, I don't know what the year was. It was like a nineteen like nineties Toyota Corolla, mm-hmm. and it was like it looked like the car could have come from the set of this movie. And she had in the back, she had like vinyl letters on the back of the car that said in like the Terminator font, "Come with me if you want to live," and. Ooh. I, she was it was very cool she looked very cool in her cool car it was unfortunately totaled in an accident and she'll never ever get over it but thank god she was okay of course but you were drunk when you were driving it wasn't that what happened it i was not with her i was actually in um boston Treatment. when she got into a really bad car <laughs> it was really scary she was fine she was totally fine she walked away totally fine but the car was just not um but yeah, that was like that was her really cool like muscle car when I first met her. And you knew in that moment, you were like, mm-hmm. "This one's for me." 
I was like, this hot bitch with this hot car? Sign me up. You were living your own Sarkana fantasy and you need to know it. Was your hair crimped? Um, no, probably not. Her crimps hold in this movie, by the way. So her hair is not crimped. She has a shag haircut that's feathered. Oh. Yeah. And it I'm looks sure crimped though, right? Crazy. Doesn't it kind of look Is crimped? the way that it's cut, she has like clearly either has a perm or has curlyish hair that holds that texture. Got it. Okay. So yeah. And, and I'm sure there's a ton of hairspray, of course. Um, but because yeah. I was like, they must be recrimping her hair like between Mm-mm. every take. Okay. So that's what so that's the real mystery of the movie, guys. Um <laughs> Jane is always here. Any hair and makeup, I always defer to her. She is the expert on that. Well, um, I don't always know, but this one I'm pretty sure. It's, I know it's not a crimp. Like that's yeah. not a crimp. Yeah, it's uh, it's a look, and she's also wearing a pair of like w- like white sort of like stone washed almost like jeans, mm-hmm. and then this like pink and white tie dye. This it's a tie dye Henley, and this whole outfit could just like with somebody who's wearing this down the street, you wouldn't look twice. Like it could lift out of this movie and be on a person today, and I'd be like, oh my god, you look so cute. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, it's a look. Um, and so that's happening at the same time he gets her out of there. And this is sort of the beginning of their relationship unfolding. And also in the sequence, we get like, so Arnold Schwarzenegger early in the movie has kind of his own like little feathered fantasy happening with his hair. I don't Um, know what's going on with his hair. (laughs) And then all of a sudden he's got this like crew cut and they, and also like we sort of are starting to switch back and forth at this point in the movie because in the Terminator, there is like these scenes where there's like a puppet, like, that is that's sort of like a stand-in for like the Terminator at moments in the movie. Um, Are you talking about the prosthetics and stuff? Yeah, but there's an actual like, but there's part of it is like an actual like Stan Winston Studio created this like puppet um, that Shane Shane Mahan. It was like a rig and it was strapped and like it's like there are multiple scenes in the movie where it's just there's it's just the puppet. It's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you can tell like. It's not his face at all. Um, Interesting. And then there is a version where Arnold is wearing prosthetics as well, but they're two different. Okay, that's what I noticed, but I didn't. I didn't catch the puppet stuff at all. It's like they created. It took like six months or something to create like this, like lifelike puppet. I mean, it's 1984. They didn't have some of the technology that we do now. Um, Right. But it's, like, really interesting. But in those scenes, all of a sudden... And I read about it because I was like, what's going on? He's got a different haircut. And they were like, oh, it's, like, after a fire. So his hair was singed. And I was like, that's not what singed hair looks like. That's a perfectly clothed crew cut, baby. Well, this is my thing about movies. It's, like, women who rip their dresses into something else and then all of a sudden have, like, a designer-looking dress on. And it's like, that never would have happened. You can't burn your hair into a different haircut. (laughs) No. You can't. Um, it is not it. And like, I don't know what in the dashboard confessional is going on. His hair was not everywhere. Um, and uh, that's, yeah. So that happened. And then um, we also like, we also Wait, can we get... talk about his facial prosthetics though? When yeah, he has we can. To, like, so he, there's like this scene where it's like, they show like the inside of his arm. So we mm. really like verify after like, you know, a bunch of scuffles and, you know, he's get shot and run over and whatever happens to him. It's like in pursuit of Sarah Connor and, um, you know, Kyle Reese and Sarah are, you know, playing the, you know, defense and he gets 
quote unquote injured, but doesn't really get injured because he's a cyborg robot hunter killer whatever but (laughs) there's this scene where he's like i guess in a motel room i don't know exactly where he is like or some whatever and he's like his eye has been like shot out or something and so he has to like perform like remove something from his eye and they have this like facial prosthetic and it is giving madame tussauds like wax museum (laughs) it's yes And Tara and I, while we were watching, we were like, oh, we were just like, we couldn't stop fucking laughing. And we're like, oh, is is that the real Arnold? I can't tell. It's so well done. And again, this is 1984. It actually is probably very, very, very well done for 1984. But it was like, it was, we were rolling being like, they're like switching back and forth between Arnold. Arnold and the prosthetic as if we wouldn't pick it up and it was like we know what the prosthetic is on <laughs> they also refer to it as like a self-surgery that's like the scene it's called like a self-surgery scene if you look it up and it's like where he shows up at this like abandoned building and it's got all the tools he needs to fix himself just like laid out on this table for him. isn't it a big I guess it's an abandoned building I thought it was like a shitty motel I don't know what the fuck it was but yeah everything was there he needed so, so all of that happens and then like the police sort of come into it and they literally they're just here for no reason i mean they, they are, sort of I just mean, slow down kyle reese like the police like start detaining they detain kyle reese and sarah connor and like they don't believe kyle reese as he explains well i mean he's explained to them that he's from 40 years in the future and he's not come to be back fair and- i would i'd be like oh this person is a nut job I'm yeah, sorry. Not- this person is dealing with a mental illness. Silverman, who's like the, I guess the, the <gasps> psychiatrist who's played Obsessed by Earl Bone. Obsessed with him. He's so like, he just, he's just like placating, like in like this not subtle way at all. Like He plays, he's the criminal psychologist and he has zero bedside manner. At no. one point he's, he walks in and he's smiling at her in a very intense way. And it's like, she's just been through a trauma, like try to meet her where she's at. And then he yawns as he's speaking to her. Like, it's just another day, another dollar for him. <laughs> And it's just like, nobody cares. Also, we have Paul Winfield, actor extraordinaire from Sounder and many other roles. And he's like the captain. He plays Traxler. And yes. he also uh, a member of the of the, the, the queer family. Uh, <gasps> oh, sure, really? Sure, it had to be a secret back then. But yeah. I'm sure, um, yeah. And um, but he was giving that energy also at the station when he was like unfazed by everything. And totally. he was given like messy mama energy a little bit and some well also they made the, i think it was an intentional choice to make the cops look stupid and like oh. they didn't know what they were doing oh for and, sure i mean you know uh that happens a lot of time in real life so this is one of the most re- more realistic moments <laughs> and they are like they are overtaken quickly they're trying to like keep her safe although she keeps explaining to them like this person was like otherworldly and they're like not hearing it and then he's like and then like Traxler is like oh let me lay on my couch it's real comfortable and yeah, it's like I, know. I was almost killed like I'm I'm mid I'm mid trauma and they're like <laughs> no 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 go night night for a little while he um, literally goes you'll be perfectly safe you've got 30 cops in this building and, and we watch like, the Terminator <laughs> kill them one by one <laughs> Like, with ease. Sometimes two by two. Um, like, literally picking them up. <laughs> he, like, he makes, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy work for him. And, mm-hmm. of course, Cal Reese gets free and, you know, gets Sarah out of this building where, like, she was not protected to begin with. Um, yeah, insane. And she's, out, and she's out of here. And then we've, like, 
after this, this is sort of, I think, where she gets, like, the breakdown of what's going on and, like, this this world. She gets, like, mm-hmm. she's sort of, like, the, the, he's, he's trying to explain to her and her head is spinning because we're talking about time travel here. We're talking about, like, we're talking about, like, these people that have come from the future and he's trying to break it down for her. And, and like, none of these, there's a lot of information she's provided with. Apparently, she's going to have a son named John. Which I'm sure for her is like, oh, is that what I named him? Um, well, I guess I have no choice now. That's what he's called. Yeah, my hands are tied. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of that. And at no point is she like, wait, but you being here would disrupt that trajectory, though, she, wouldn't that, it? This is the thing, is that she she asks questions, but I feel she doesn't ask the right ones. <laughs> I would have a lot more questions. Because you'd have all of these logistical <laughs> questions that would have really pissed off James Cameron. And you going rogue as an actress. Like, hold on, hold on. That's, we're skipping over some stuff, though. This world that you came from. This like, scene is where I would get fired if I was hired as Linda. And you Sarah know Connor. my son. You You work with him intimately. And then, like, you're in the hotel and you're like, is this going to complicate things, us sleeping together? You were a close personal friend of my son's. And you're holding yeah, and by the and by the way, <laughs> leave off that comment, that condom. I know it's 1984 and we've got a, a, a sexually transmitted epidemic ravaging. It was a gay disease, though, Jane. Oh, you're right. You're right. I, I'm so this sorry. Two red-blooded disease. heterosexual male female as the world intended having intercourse. So totally. it's a completely so you, different ball game. You can't. You you actually cannot get HIV that way. And, it's um, literally two. It's two bodies coming together, as God intended. As God as, intended. As is God what this intended. Is. This is all. It's it's as natural as a glass of water. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's needs being met. It's needs being met. You know. You've had that time when you're like, I need it. I I do kind of get the idea that like I might die tonight. This guy is cute. We're vibing, kind of. I'm, he saved my life. I I'm hate sex with vibing. him. We're vibing. <laughs> oh it's God. vibing, like just sort of, like fighting for our lives, because that's all that's happening all night. Like, we're clicking, and by clicking, I just mean we're both still not dead. And it's like he's the only one who like has saved me. So like, I guess I, I don't know. It's like a thank you. <laughs> well, can you imagine? Oh, that's how James pays back. Favorites. No, no, can no, you, um, no. You don't owe anybody you, anything, audience. Can you imagine being at, like a red roof in with this like person who's just been like shooting people down all night, and you're just like hold up in this room with the door locked, and like they're just he like, wants to smash. We should have sex now. And you're like, oh, I'd love to just like I don't know. Is this really I'd like, it? I, I'd be like, I'm so tired. <laughs> Or sometime, I don't think I could get like in the mood at, at any point. My life is on the line. That's the know. other thing in these scenes where it's like there'll be moments where they get like so comfortable, and you're like, you're too comfortable. There's a you're moment too, where this is the thing. If, if the second you're naked in bed, the Terminator is gonna run in and fucking shoot you with. But the maybe that's the thing that gives you the, like out of this world pleasure. Maybe that's what sends you <laughs> over the edge into like peak orgasm. You're like, oh my god, it could kill us any moment. Specific, you ah, very specific kink. Like, oh so my this god, this is what it takes to get me there. This um, is the hottest thing I've ever done in my life. I might live, I might die, but either way, I'm getting mine. 
and then you find out that like he'd gone downstairs earlier and he'd asked like a person who worked at the hotel to just walk by the window a couple of times because <laughs> I knew that was going to be the thing that sent you. We've um, got to raise the stakes. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I want it to happen right at the end. So you come by in like five minutes. He's like, you're not even in the room yet, sir. He's, he's like, like yeah, I know my body. I know how long it's going to take me. She better be right there. Um, so... Yeah, it's very that. There's a moment where she calls her mother, and then we discover that it's actually he's already killed her mom, I guess. <sighs> and he's at the mom's house, and he is he can create, he can throw his voice. So he can make, he can contort his voice to sound like anyone. He can mimic people's yes. voices. So I would say it's the, not so much throwing voice, like he's no, programmed he's, to he's, to he's programmed do to mimic. Voice. To mimic. Yeah. James whole James' whole thing is like discrediting the Terminator and his skill set. So I'll give her that. <laughs> he is programmed to mimic voices. And so he's on the phone, and we don't really get to process the fact that this means her mom's dead, probably. Um, but he's on the phone. She's oh god, at, I didn't even think about that. Good call. She's at the hotel. And she's like in hiding and she's just sitting on the edge of the bed with wet hair with a towel wrapped around her. And I'm like, you are not on holiday, girl. Like no, the moment you got out of the hotel. You have to stay ready. If you don't put those Jordashes back on, like <laughs> this is not that moment. You are having, you're too lax. Are you lotioning yeah. up? <laughs> Sis, this isn't it. <laughs> she's like draining the bubble bath and it's like, you took a fucking bubble bath? It's she's literally she's literally got like one of those like Aesop's like tinctures that she's like putting on. Her oh, face. my God, it's like, girl, this is not it. Did you just put a hot oil treatment on your hair? You worried about the wrong thing, sis. That's 40 minutes at least. You do not have time for this. You don't have time. If you don't get those cucumber pieces off of your damn eyes, like <laughs> and strap up and get ready for battle because there's a little bit more coming your way. She is like, lack- and also, why are you calling your mom any damn way? Like, do not get like, you know what? This is not a time to check in. You know what? You can't. Don't check in until the Terminator is fucking dead. Yeah, you can't check or in. Terminated. Yeah, or terminated. You can't like you can't check in. You can't like keep tabs on the family member and your brother. No, none of that. Everybody's gonna be. You fine. don't know what he's capable of. He's a machine from the future. He could do anything to you. Yeah, and like, and they they explain that earlier in the movie when he's when Kyle is explaining to her about the terminated, and she's like, "But he looks just like us. How's that even possible? They don't have that technology yet." And it's like, first of all, do you work for NASA? <laughs> You're an 18 year old waitress. You don't know. You don't oh know God. what they I, have. I didn't mean. By the way. I didn't mean to shade 18-year-old waitress. I'm sure they're genius. No, there's amazing 18-year-old waitresses. Here's. I'm just saying I'm just saying like it's not like, you know, they gave us a story that she works at NASA and is very into No, I know I know what you meant. Up to. Okay, I just want to And that's all that matters. Say, like Our I listeners, didn't want to reduce This, this is, is my best I'm, fucking friend, listeners. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I'm your I best friend, right? Respect everybody. Absolutely. And I respect everybody and their occupation and their age, even if Linda Hamilton is a a hard 18. I know what some of you are probably thinking. You really had to force her to say that you that she was that you were her best friend. Um <laughs> and you know what? You mind your own fucking business. Brandon, you didn't have to force me to say that. Come on. No, I'm just teasing. Um no, but like at this point, it's just like it's they well, they find time to get one in quick. They may have gotten multiple in. I don't know. All it took was apparently this one instance because as we find out soon, she's 
Gregor's McGee. But like, they're still like, they're on the go. And also, did you see that stuff about James Cameron doing all the guerrilla filming? Like, he was literally just showing, because to get around permits, James Cameron would just, apparently, at least once, called Arnold Schwarzenegger and was like, hey, I need you here at 3 a.m. to get this shot. And I thought that was like, hilarious. But like, (laughs) That was so much of this shoot, which maybe added to like the unpredictability of the world because it's like That's the real country yeah. maybe like screwed, but like they were like very much like trying to get some of these shots in. And I'm sure if they were shooting in LA, it's very expensive and they had a very mm-hmm. limited budget considering all of like the special effects and explosives that are in this movie and like the makeup, Crazy. I'm sure as well. It's like so they were getting the a lot of the shots in, that. like yeah. like late at night when like people weren't around which is wild um but yeah like some of these big scenes because this is the part two in the movie where you're like he will not die he will not there's no fucking way to kill him it's like it's so wild and and then you think they find a way like the semi-truck thing and you he they blow up a semi-truck with him underneath it or a semi-truck blows up with him underneath it. And he like catches on fire and you like sigh a breath of relief. And I was like, actually, I know he's not dead. It's too, no, that'd be too easy. Not dead. Too easy. Too easy. And then they end up at this factory and that's sort of where the climax of the movie takes place. Because in this moment, what we get is like the stop motions, 1984 style. Like, <laughs> yes. It's the very much RoboCop stop motion style. If you haven't listened to RoboCop, go ahead and listen to it. We did an episode on it as well. And there are a lot of similarities uh, yes. in RoboCop that there are in Terminator, which I'm sure you For know. Sure. But it was just funny to see that stop motion making a, a comeback. <laughs> well, he emerges and like, first of all, it's like all the skin is just gone. Mm-hmm. Like all the skin that was on the outside is gone. And it's just this, it's just the frame underneath. And I, the first thing I noticed was this frame that is supposed to be the frame that was underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger previously. That had the thickest neck I've ever seen. And I was the like, I was like, if there's no way, because if you put skin on top of that, that neck would just be like, that neck is the same width as the head. And that would have yeah, been absolutely. like something that people were observing. In right. the world. It was given, um, I never mind, I'm not gonna say anything. Um, what? I'm not gonna say his name. We'll cut it. We'll cut it. Say just say to me. I was gonna, it's given Big Ed. Um <laughs> Leave it in, folks. That's what you'd be given. Um a show I have never seen, by the way. I just know from Jane saying, Oh my oh god, my watch god. this person. Um <laughs> Hey! But that makes like, me look bad too. <laughs> no, no, because oh I didn't I didn't oh I no, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant that you were like he's a character, which he I think he is. is. He is. And I know he's a mess because anytime they advertise any, they keep trying to get him back. And anytime they can get him. He's so entertaining to watch because he's so messy. They're like, like, oh, look who we got back. We created a whole new show just to get this person back. It's like. Okay, so I just got my hair done yesterday, by the way. Thank you for the compliments. Um, It looks incredible. I thought you were Marilyn Monroe for a second. Thank you. Um, but uh, my friend who does my hair, Martina, shout out to Martina, she loves 90 Day Fiance as well. And we talk about it all the time when I'm there. And um, she said, uh, first of all, um, pro tip for anybody who are invested in the 90 Day Fiance universe, apparently 90 Day UK is really good and really messy, and it's on Discovery Plus, so um, I'm going to start watching that soon. But I can't keep up with it. There's like 
50 90 day fiance show so i just like drop in everyone's i saw 90 day fiance electric boogaloo the other day and that was where i was like (laughs) y'all are just running out ideas now what are they doing they're trying to they're trying to um save a youth center apparently and i was like this is too much (laughs) what's going on is that the original new edition in the background Y'all are doing too much. Okay, but let me. I just want to tell this because I know there are 90 Day fans, Fiance fans who I'm sure listen to the show. Ooh, about. okay. Um, the uh, uh, her Martina's friend was at a wedding and met a producer and met a person there who was a producer for 90 Day Fiance. And she was like, oh my God, because her friend was a big fan of the show too. And um, she was like, oh my God, like, let me ask you all these questions. Apparently, it's all like, <laughs> It's it's all very real. Like the relationships and the dynamics are all very real. Sometimes they have to reset up shots because like they'll miss something. But it's one of the most like they find people who are really out of their fucking mind. And that's why it's such a fascinating show because they don't really have to do a lot of massaging as producers for Mm. stuff to come out. It's all very real and they will set things up again that they missed or whatever, but it's one of the most um, (laughs) like quote unquote real reality shows. Interesting. Yeah. So I was really excited to hear that because I was like, I'm sure so much of this is fake because it's so wild, but apparently it's not. My my mom also, my mom, I, I I haven't talked to her about in a while, but I remember several years back being at home visiting and my mom being like, sit here, watch this. And it was that <laughs> woman, it was the Danielle woman. And my mom oh, Danielle like, made Muhammad, me watch classic part of an episode couple. <laughs> with her. And it was like that, it was like where he was like, and my mom was like, look at this shit. And it was like a scene where, <laughs> where he was like. I would like, love to watch that with your mom. Oh my god! It'd be really. Ugh, it'd just be. It's not a conversation probably to be aired. There's gonna be a lot of political correct stuff said. Um, <laughs> it would be. It would be like because my there was a scene where he was like, "You, you have something going on down there. Like you, you gotta get that fixed." You know. Oh gonna, uh, yes, I know like, what you're talking about. Nobody. And my mom yeah. was like, "My mom was like, what is that? What is he talking about?" She said nobody should know about it. I was like, "Mom, we can't." Um. But like, I guess you get a little peek in the. You're like, yeah. Where's he get all this messiness from? Um, no, I'm just kidding. She's the best person. She's amazing. Um, but no, then we're like, we're back and we're back now at this like factory, and we've got now just like, oh, we've just got the metal frame of this robot now. Also, mm-hmm. the metal frame looks so tall to me. I was like, I feel like this so metal frame tall. is like seven feet tall. Um, and he's taking him down, and this is where. Uh, this is where we get Kyle is I mean he's killed in the scene and yeah he's killed and then she's injured her foot and the way she's injured looked so wild like it's like her bone is coming out of her leg but this is like the yeah. beginning of her origin story and the badassery that I mm-hmm. I'm familiar with like I know she's a badass character in the movies that are coming up and getting to see this sort of beginning of it was really interesting like she's like she's crawling through like these like tight spaces to get away from the machine. And like, Mm -hmm. she's ultimate, although like she's moving through this factory with an ease that like, they should have just thrown out the line. Like, Oh, my dad used to work here. Because like, (laughs) 
knows exactly what to do. I Baby. just thought like I, I I was like, oh, this is where I would die. Like, of course. And then she seems to know absolutely how to get herself there out of isn't a, There isn't a trap door she's not familiar with. There's not there's there's no she, exit like, that she doesn't she know about. She came a week earlier and did like reconnaissance, like knowing she, like, just she in would case. be. Just in case. Just in case my fucking world gets turned upside the fuck down. If, yeah. If I was James Cameron, I would have gone, I would have had her come in at ADR and been like, oh, my dad built this building. And then just like start the scene. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Because it's like she knows the, she knows the lay of the land. Can I just say, even my dad built this building is not enough for me because my dad, who is an architect, has been involved in building many buildings. I and you've gotten wa- lost in several of them. <laughs> I would walk into one of those buildings and say, I don't know where the fuck anything is. So it had to be she built this building. <laughs> or yeah, or yeah, he's just like, Kyle's like, how do you know your way around? And she's like, I built it this way. And it's just like, we never talk about it again. Um, and so, yeah, she kills him here. She catches him in this, like, like machine that's like a smasher, essentially. And that's how she destroys the Terminator. She crushes them. And it's like this, there's like this grate that she pulls down right before he kills her. And mm-hmm. then, like, the machine that he's inside of at this point, she pushes, she knows, she literally, he's got his hand around her throat, and she reaches around with her arm blindly to the side of this machine yes. that she's <laughs> never laid eyes on before. And she knows which one, and she pushes the compact button, and he is... And it's like, le- given the fact that you were in a, in a factory where there could be potentially many dangerous things, not only to the Terminator, but also to you, and you just blindly push a button and it turns out to be the right one right i'm button, with baby. you girl i'm with you girl but man that was a risk i'll get on this ride with you yeah <laughs> essentially is what we're saying and she pushes the button and she destroys him and uh, then during, we get like what were you gonna say oh i was just during that moment when that was happening tara and i were watching and she goes there she is there's sarah connor <laughs> oh she's waiting for that and she's waiting for that so bite yeah, exactly. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I mean, her eyes. That's Sarah Connor. I was like, okay, girl. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Which I think we're going to find out soon. Which I, brings us I up to respect. like, to like the point that we were talking about earlier, because it's like, this whole movie is a, I mean, essentially this film is really just like the Sarah Connor origin story. Like mm-hmm. it's her, it's how she becomes who she becomes. It's how she becomes a woman who could give birth to a child that under her tutelage could become a leader of a resistance like army. So like mm-hmm. all of the pieces are falling into place. Granted, we're dealing with a movie that didn't know what it was going to become and didn't know what it was opening up the door to. So like, all of those crumbs aren't necessarily in place. We had a right. untested director. We had a script that like Orion Studios barely wanted. We had a group of people starring in a movie that were largely um, not names at the time. So like yeah. there's so many pieces of this puzzle and there's so many other movies that probably came out this year that had a, you know, that ended up in anonymity until somebody said to, you know, says to me, oh my God, you got to watch this. And I'm like, give it to me now. But like those movies, unless you're a certain type of person, probably go and watch. So like the fact that this movie opened up the door to this massive franchise is all the more yeah. like interesting and made with huge all of that. careers for the for a lot of these people. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool. And like we get the epilogue of like a very pregnant Sarah Connor, like mm-hmm. in Mexico, driving driving with a gun in her lap. I was like, girl, that doesn't feel safe when you're pregnant. <laughs> and also the last line of the or movie, or at any other time. Dave made me laugh. She stops to get gas. I think she's in Mexico. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's Guad- is she in Guadalajara? 
I, I don't know where specifically in Mexico. Why did I think they said Guadalajara? I made that up. I don't um, remember. What'd you say? Dave? She's in Mexico, yeah. She stops at a gas station, and then a young boy takes her photo. And that's the photo that earlier in the movie, during one of the only flashback scenes, we see Kyle Reese holding on to as he's he's looking at the photo in, like, uh, 2029. Well, and what you can't see is he's jerking masturbating. off just right Absolutely. underneath the camera. Vigorously. Yeah. Vigorously. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's that kind of situation. And mm-hmm. so he's got the photo of her that was taken while she was pregnant with his child, in the future, 2029, that he's holding, so having not have, met her yet. Yeah, so she must have given it to John Connor? Yeah, she must have given it to John okay. Connor at some point. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah. I would assume, and somehow he gave it, and John Connor probably gave it to him so that he'd mm-hmm. be able to identify his mother, not knowing it was becoming peak spank bank material. But mm-hmm. also not knowing that he was handing <laughs> the photo of his pregnant mother to his dad, who had already impregnated his mother. Exactly. It's all, you know, there's part of you that feels bad for John Connor. Like, you don't know your fucking um, story. Exactly. So, like, it's a lot. And but apparently you're, and apparently your dad into, doesn't know the whole story either. But she's apparently speaking into a recorder and was like, I got it. I got to tell you the story. So yeah. maybe John Connor does know. And that is why he manipulates um, what's his face to go. But then what is she saying to him? Your father came back from the future already under your orders to save me. Into the microphone? Yeah, why not? So she already knows that he's from the future. And she already knows that his dad came back from the future to save to save her and impregnated her in the process. When she's recording that? Yeah, because it's at the end of the movie. She already experienced all of it. But but that also means that she knows that this man who just sat down with her and told her that he knows who her son is and works under her son is the father of her son. What are you talking about? No, I'm talking about the end of the movie when she's pregnant, when the whole thing is taking place, she's recording a, a tape who I assume is for her unborn son and but, she's telling him the story. I understand. But my point is that she's aware of the, that means in her mind, she's processed the fact that the man who saved her and who sat down with her and explained to her about her son being the future leader of this revolution that he worked under is her son's father. So she's like had a moment where she's like, Hey, you're saying gonna... you don't think she knows that, that, No, I'm saying it's crazy. I'm just saying it's wild to think about the fact that, like, Sarah Connor is sending a message to her son, like, that he's going to get... Yeah, that part's totally fucking wild, but she knows. I get that she may know that, like, this man is the person who impregnated her and that... I mean, she may not 100% know. She may think, I may, this could be him, but I could have another child down the line who knows what, like, the future holds, but maybe something deep within her is, like... I guess I thought maybe yeah, something yeah. deep within her is telling her this must be like the future. Oh, child. You're saying because she doesn't know if it's a boy or a girl and she doesn't know. I'm just I saying it's wild saying. for her to like have a son who has already served under her, who has have a son that's already like had a fa- His father's already worked under him and he had no idea. And he's already come back from the future. Totally. To tell her. It's just totally. wild to be like, Hey, by the way, uh, I'm going to leave this message. I met your father who you already know at this point and he probably works under you in the army and you're going to send him to the f- the past in order to save me in a little bit, probably about 40 years from now. It's just like, it's a lot. Of course. But what I'm thinking is like, she gives that tape to him when he is like of a certain age, maybe no, 15, for sure. 20, so that he has that knowledge. So he helps shape that future. 
And he, he and he's like, oh, and then one day he's like, that means I got to send you, Kyle. Yes, You've got to go exactly. back into the past to save my mother in order for me to be born. And then Kyle's like, and what if I don't? Right. You're and already I here. He, I don't think he tells Kyle that. But, but I'm just saying, like, in that world, it's like, what happens if you don't send him to the back? Because you're already right. here living exactly. your life. Exactly. If, again, Unless you this one, future is going to be wiped out. You pull one thread in this thing, it falls apart entirely. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. So... Somebody Good thing I wasn't do continuity their- on this set. He would have fired me. Lord knows he was a messy bitch. <laughs> and it didn't take much. So one person been like, you know that don't make sense, right? And he's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> um, oh, God. So with all that being said. Yes. <laughs> Jane. With all that being said. Yes. Would you watch this movie again? Um, I don't know if I would watch this movie again. I think I'm really excited to watch T2. I feel like that might be the movie that I like watch over and over. This one was fun, but like, I'm like, I'm not putting it on myself. I'm not like, if Tara wanted to watch it again, I'd be like, yeah, yeah I'll watch it. But chances are that's not going to happen. She's going to watch me, I could see me peeking at this one again, or if it was on watching it. I, I don't know. If it, if it was the right vibe, maybe. Um, totally. It's not like I didn't like, I had fun watching it, but I'm just like, okay, I've seen it. Like, you know, I, and like, again, like, I'm just so looking forward to T2. I think that's like, that's sort of like what I feel like I'm going to, if I watch one again over, it would be that one. I feel you. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I have another question for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you have a movie for me? (sighs) Do I have a movie for you? Actually, the movie that I have is very similar to the one we just watched. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Oh, I was like, what would that even be? I was like, <laughs> I couldn't hold that up for too long. Okay, we are going to next week watch 2002's A Walk to Remember. Oh, Okay. i know we i know this is we've talked about this one for a while and i've been waiting for the right time and this feels like i've never seen this movie before but i do know it's like i i know you know this movie and i know Mm that like the cultural i remember all of that yeah i remember watching girls and talent shows (laughs) sing only hope oh Um, my god amazing well um thank you for giving me the terminator to watch it was really fun and thank you all for um hopefully making it to the end of the episode to listen with us um we love you we respect you and we think the fucking world of you guys and if you want to continue to you know be in conversation with us during during the week you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed, or you can find us on Twitter at MWM Chat. Um, and we will obviously meet you there. Um, and we will see you next week for the epic, epic discussion of A Walk to Remember. Bye! 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 Bye!